there are a lot of tired cliches in the world. Everything from bring an umbrella and it won't rain to a watched pot never boils. But the funny part about them is oftentimes they feel like an inescapable truth or reality. I know full well keeping an umbrella in my car is not going to keep the sun shining, but I swear to you my tea kettle only heats up if I leave the room. So when we start talking about layers of security, it sometimes feels like we're doing nothing more than parroting back old tired cliches, constantly advising people to slow down to speed up, or the classic, you can't help those that won't help themselves. But really these reminders to stay vigilant, to be mindful about the threats that surround us in the hyper-connected world we live in are as or more valuable today than ever before. So what does all this have to do with today's episode? Well, we're here to talk about a topic that's both near and dear to my heart and also comes off about as dry and boring as something can be, encryption. It's a word that, like so many others in tech, has nearly lost all meaning to the average person. They know it exists, it sounds kind of important, and they're pretty sure they're using it, right? And there, in the end, is the problem. The technobabble of it all has reduced a very important piece of day-to-day protection to a seemingly table-stake security function that many could be forgiven for assuming is just there all the time, requires zero setup or upkeep, and just works. Sadly, this couldn't be less true, and the conversations about where, when, and how to encrypt your data and messaging has never been more crucial or more at risk. I swear, we keep this one more or less light and on the rails-ish. But the lesson at the core of it all is too important to gloss over. Slow down, be safe, and take an active role in securing your digital self. Now, I did just wash the car yesterday, so let me go find my umbrella real quick to throw in the car before heading out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And I'm Cody Toscano. And we are here this week. It's it's all security, guys. No. Uh, we, Eric and I were talking a, a few days down. ago. We lock it down. That's it. <laughs> we, we're talking, we've, we've, we've had a good run these last few months. And by that, I mean it, we've had a lot of fun talking yeah. about gadgets and the holiday season and just new stuff coming out, new stuff in our hands, all, all, all the things, which is great, which is which is the forefront of tech, right? For me, the, the, the bleeding edge of it all is not about always, not about the stuff that's 10 years from now. It's stuff that's getting in people's hands today. That's stuff that matters. Um, that said, uh, this show exists for several reasons. And it's not just to entertain ourselves once, once a week, at least. Um, <laughs> it is to attempt to gather, communicate, and pass along good useful information that's going to make that technology not just better to use but safer to use and that's that that's been a recurring theme on this show we we love this technology we love that it exists we love why it exists that it, that is not mutually exclusive to the fact that there are crappy people out there looking to do harm to others um sometimes just to be nefarious other times to steal other times to just cause you know discourse and cr- all, all the things. Humans suck at the end of the day. We, yeah. we do. I mean, that, that's the, and the more we grapple with that and come to terms with it, the easier it is to just always be on guard. It's not about, I talk to folks like, I, I don't, well, okay. It's not as much of a thing anymore, but for years it was, well, I don't do online banking. Mm. Okay. Neat. So 
Just oh, you drive. don't have like the apps and stuff? Or you're no, like, no, I do. What I'm saying is I talk to people and they're just like, I don't do oh, online. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Uh, John, yeah, yeah. John very much does online banking. Please don't have me. I mean, years ago, I know there are people that still don't, but years mm-hmm. ago, it was much more common for me to be talking to someone and be like, well, I don't do online banking. And it's like, oh, okay, neat. So you just drive to the bank with your bag of money. Like, and I, That's not meant as a slight. Like, I get it. Oh, I have on a the separate flip room side, and I swim in it like Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> right. But the flip, there, are, there are safe ways. Yes, you should have all the security features they offer. You should have multi-factor. You should have rotating passwords. You should have exclusive passwords. You should have a, several accounts, including ones that there is no way to. I, I approach it as I have multiple accounts that the only way to access them is by walking to a branch or going in through the secure web. On, on there are no checks. There are no debit cards. There there are no there are no skimmable ways to touch what's in those accounts. This is not a banking episode, but you know what I mean. There's just there are ways to do all these things that are not perfectly safe, but that are safer. Safer. And that is, that is the other thing. Um, Never, ever, ever do I want anything that we bring to this show in the past now or in the future to be misconstrued as this is the silver bullet. You know what I mean? This is the thing that's going to make you safe and secure. And you can just walk off into the sunset and never have to worry again to a certain degree, always worry. That's, that's actually, you know, let's just cut it there. You know what I mean? Like that's Mm -hmm. against not to have such an, pervasive sense of dread where you're paralyzed by it but eric i hear you say this all the time when talking to our partners because that's that is your day job is um you know always 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 be looking out where did the email come from you know is it something you would expect from that person is there something off about it does your gut just say something's wrong here and then pick up the phone and call them you know what i mean like all those things we advise people to do and the diligence that comes from never stop you know, you, you, it, it is exhausting, but you always yeah. have to have those glasses on. Yeah. You can't, you, you can't let your guard down anymore because it's constant. It's constantly something and it's constantly mm-hmm. changing. So you have to keep your eyes peeled and, you know, I mean, God, how many emails do we see every day that are yeah. coming from the CFO of your company, but really is coming from a Gmail account and all that kind of stuff. And you have to, you have to be careful. And, and that's, Wait, Eric, you didn't, you didn't want the direct deposit destination for your paycheck change this week. Cause if not, not we need to have a conversation <laughs> offline. Not uh, this week, next week, maybe we'll talk next about week, it. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's, you know, it, it's just interesting to me that how, how much it's escalating especially yeah. in the last year or so it's gotten, I mean, it's always been escalating, but in the last year or so it's gotten yeah. exponentially worse. We see hundreds of these messages. And when we, when we set up the right spam filters and stuff, we see thousands of them getting blocked places. And it's, yep. it's just crazy how much people are having to filter through and you have to be really careful all the time. Yep. Diligent, like you said, all the time, yep. keeping your Con- eyes peeled for it. Constant diligence, constant vigilance. But, um, in that, and, and email really is it unintentionally is the right place to start because it's really what we're here to talk about today. Um, I, I was sitting in a meeting with a partner yesterday, advising and really reminding because it's not, it was definitely not our first time having this conversation that it remains the truth that the not just the majority, the overwhelming majority of compromises, malware delivery, you know, fish, you name it, that email is the delivery vehicle. That, mm-hmm. that, 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 that just remains the truth. Yeah. Um, like high 90% probably. Yeah. yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's dramatic. Um, so obviously to prevent those messages from getting to you, you know, real quick aside, again, not what we're here to talk about today, employ a good 
preferably third party. It's all about layers of protection, third party email security platform that's going to do pre-scanning that scans the messages before they get to your email service. And then your email service inevitably has their own layers of protection. And just like, I think about those water filters you buy and like, I'm, I'm picturing the box. Like you walk down the aisle at Walmart, you pick up the little water filter canister. And there's always that little diagram that shows like, it looks like a cross section of a planet, but it's the filter and it's all like the, yeah, the, the, layers the mineral, yep. the layers and yeah. mineral filters, whatnot mm-hmm. that it passes through. And I think about that example with email security, but really all security. And mm-hmm. I think about the, um, I'm a, I have a very visual mind, very visual imagination. I, I picture the email passing through all those layers and it's like, right. okay, this, this first one's going to catch 60%. And then of the remaining 40, the next one catches, you know, 50% of that and of that 50%, you know, and, and it's, it's all about whittling all it down the, yep. to going back to constant vigilance and diligence. There are still going to be ones that make it to your inbox every yep. single yeah, day. There's no way to 100% this. Yeah, I yeah. thought we were going to turn on this solution. I wasn't going to get spam anymore. No, not what I will no. hand on Bible swear. That is not what we ever said. Um, mm. Could have been heard that way. I can't control what you heard. I can control what we say. And like there, there is nothing that will prevent. The only way to prevent all spam from getting to your inbox is to prevent all email from getting to right. your inbox. Like that close is your email account. You'll never clo- see a spam clo- message again. Close yeah. it until down. you go to your actual mailbox. Because <laughs> I had some of that yesterday. So yeah, no, but, that. you know, that's the example I always use with our partners and they're probably sick of hearing me repeat it. Is your, sec- <laughs> your security is an onion. That's the yeah. example I use very much like your water Layers. filter example. Much like to, ogres. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> that's it. It's the, it's the Shrek um, school of, security but no i mean eric's next get, security initiative is just project ogre <laughs> yeah project ogre, that's it i'm going to keep all the bad guys out of your swamp um yeah. <laughs> but they you know we just you know you why i go to them and i present you know whatever new thing we have that can help keep them a little safer and it's like let's add a layer to your security onion because this is like we just need to keep building it up i want a giant onion that takes care of your security with millions of layers so as it goes through like you said with your water filter it it filters it all down and eventually it's i it, it stinks to hear it you know when they're like why am i still getting spam but i i like that as well because it means that it's unusual like if they're getting a message that's piquing their interest it's not normal for them to see it still stood out from the rest which means okay we're getting most of it if it's like they see that and they go you know is this spam okay yeah it is you know one got through and we'll try to tweak things and try to get a little bit more filtered out but you're all you know but the fact that they're seeing it and thinking it's unusual means we're were, you know, because it's better than getting a thousand of them a day and they're just like having to weed through to find the real ones. I'd rather they didn't have to do that. So, yeah. No. So, so yeah, if you can't tell emails, the, the subject of the day, but the very specific piece of email and email security is not spam. Although you can tell it's just very hard for us not to dive right into that one. Yeah. Um, it's because it's actually also beyond just email. I, I should say we're here to talk about mess- me- messaging encryption. Yeah. And encryption in general, and and why it's important. Um, we're going to spend a little bit of time in the weeds, you know, trying to keep it high to medium Us? level. Us, no, nah. no. <laughs> um, so encryption in general, you know, first of all, again, not getting sciency about it. What is it, and why? the The idea behind that encryption is to prevent someone to prevent the unintent to prevent not the recipient from yeah, being go, yeah. able to intercept receive or read the contents of that message so be it 
someone in, in the middle. You hear people talk about man in the middle attack or, you know, someone who, you know, not a case where they compromise the other end's mailbox, but where they literally intercept that message in flight, as it were. Yeah, we've um, talked about it previous episode. Yep. When you go to Starbucks and you connect to that public Wi-Fi and you're not using encryption and you're just mm-hmm. sending an email, if there's somebody in there doing what's called packet sniffing and grabbing the packets from the Wi-Fi as it goes, they got your email. Every, they can every bit of content in that email. email they grabbed. Yep. So, yeah. So the the whole point of encryption is to say that you know, me, the person who sent it and the person who is the intended recipient are the only people, devices, what have you, that should be able to decrypt and therefore read the contents of that message, including the writing, the attachments, the metadata about it, all the things that make that message important are in theory kept private to the sender and the recipient and no one else. Um, at its most basic, that's where we're going for with message encryption. We've talked about other applications for encryption on this show you know and and we're going to touch on some of them today like hard drive encryption or file encryption things like that but we're going to start off today talking about messaging encryption and um most specifically email encryption because again emails remain that place where it's where the problems take place and i think about all this stuff i I went through this personally um which went through this relatively large financial transactions in the last few months um as part of both personally and as as the business, and it shocked me the number of times people who do these things for a living would either ask for my information in the clear and expect me to just send it, which they were treated to know about. I will send it to you in a separate oh. encrypted email, <laughs> yeah. or they would send me information, in my information or someone else's in the clear. And when we say in the yeah. clear, we simply mean just in a non-encrypted publicly readable format. They obviously didn't post it to the internet, but they sent it to me in email format that if someone intercepted that message was the unintended, you know, was inadvertently forwarded that email, you know, anything that, that they would just be able to open and read and therefore have my information. And that's a problem. And you know, this is a term we're going to be using on, on this episode. Was there, was there PII? Was there personally identifiable information? Absolutely. There was. In a couple, I mean, at its most basic, sometimes there were names, addresses, telephone numbers, email sure. addresses, that, you know, kind of, you know, tier one kind of information, which that stuff flies around all the time. You can frankly get most of it from the internet if you did a quick, quick search anymore. But there were also times where banking information was involved, account information was involved. Um, wow. There was, never a, there, there was never a social. I, my, my head would have popped off if that had happened, thankfully. Yeah. Um, but it has happened in the past. I, I have had situations where I've had to call a vendor partner and be like, hey, appreciate you guys. That was, my, anymore, that was my that was my so <laughs> yeah. yeah, not much we can do now. I go nuke the message, I guess, just for good measure. But yeah, that had my social in it. Please don't do that again. Like that, mm. that has absolutely happened in the past. So that's terrifying. Um, so what are we talking about when we say, you know, why, you know, please encrypt the message um, in most email service, in most reputable email services, you are going to have the ability either first party. So within that service or by utilizing a third party plugin, be able to encrypt those messages before they go out. Or one of my favorite applications, which is setting up rules to act as a safety gap, as a stopgap. We all get busy. We, we say all the time, slow down to speed up. Well, we're as guilty as anyone else of not doing that sometimes. And yeah. the rules are there. I'm not a believer that the rule should be the end all be all. And what I mean by a rule is 
we we have it in within our own company. There is a hot word that if we append that hot word anywhere in the subject line or the body of an email, our email service is set up to identify that hot word and encrypt that message for the duration of the thread's existence. So it's mm-hmm. encrypted from me to the recipient or recipients. If they reply to it, it's encrypted going the other way. And as long as nobody fiddles with that hot word, that entire back and forth, the entirety of that yeah. message chain will be, stay, and forever be encrypted and that is the manual step to do so it people out there that's why it's important that when you make that rule you choose subject and body because that way if somebody changes the subject line it's somewhere in the body still it's somewhere in the thread all that information in the thread so yep that that's the idea because if they erase all that information then there's no more yeah, then, then, then we solved anyway. the <laughs> issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah the, um, subject and body, big one. Hot word. Um, another one that's like I'm going to speak specifically to Microsoft 365. Hot wording was very much like the, the the way to go for a lot of years. Microsoft is, in my opinion, too slowly adding a literal encrypt button to their yeah, Outlook yeah. family of products <laughs> that invokes the same thing. At the end of the day, it's the same encryption. You are invoking Microsoft three, Microsoft message encryption um, through their information protection platform, which is a very, very good encryption. It's a solid solution, um, checks a lot of boxes. I like the existence of the button. I'm going to go ahead and die on one hill real quick because it drives me insane that to the best of my knowledge, it's still restricted to only in the downloadable desktop version of Outlook. And mm-hmm. John uses the browser. And it just it frustrates the crap mm-hmm. out of me how long it takes some things to get to um, we'll call OWA or the Outlook web app because I live in browser-based apps 90% of my day. And it drives me nuts that that button is not there in the browser. Yeah, I have yeah. to look. I think I think there's a way you can get to it, but it's in a different spot. But the, the question that I had, and I don't know the answer to this, and maybe you guys do, we've set this up a bunch. Um, Mm -hmm. and it requires a a professional license Mm -hmm. for the people to be able to do that encryption. Yes. Is that encryption available for Joe user who signs up for an outlook.com account? I do not believe so. No, that that okay. type of encryption is it's business do, level encryption. Do, does okay. require a full Microsoft 365 subscription. That's correct. Okay. With the extra, with a license that includes that, um, information protection premium license that allows us to. Um, add the encryption on there because there's a lot of setup that we have to do. There's, you know, PowerShell commands and all kinds of things that we do to turn on that message encryption so that it pushes mm-hmm. out so that that little lock icon becomes available in Outlook that, yep. you know, it's not there by default. So, yeah. They, they are making it easier to deploy yeah. it at least, but it just, you know, it, it, it kind of is what it is. And then, and, that, and that's, and there's even Microsoft is, you know, we're going, we're deep in the weeds of specifically 365, but a quick aside, Microsoft is really, really quadrupling down really on what they call Microsoft purview. And that's primarily mm-hmm. at the highest end for those that are willing to pay for it. But, you know, typically speaking, as with all these things, we see it start high, high up and then starts to filter down to lower and lower. It becomes more and more table stakes, right? Like yeah. to use to use 365 parlance, it starts as an E5 feature and then makes it to E3 and then eventually to E1. And then what do you know? Everybody has it. Um, Microsoft still wants their $2 and believe me, they'll find a way. Um, but, you know, but the idea about there's a lot of really great function I think can be programmed into into purview for like do not forward like I want to send you a message that you cannot forward you know yeah. naturally obviously there you can rem- extract the information put it into another email you know there's always like we always say there's always we print it to PDF there's just yeah. there's just dumb but the idea of being adding more and more hurdles to someone just wantonly saying oh you know 
Tim would enjoy this forward. You know what I mean? Like, no, that, yeah. that was intended for you. So there's a lot of really great, but that, you know, I don't want to get all the way down that rabbit hole, but Microsoft continued to grow that out on the 365 side of things. And, you know, Eric, I know you were saying, um, and because this is more applicable to the average Joe public user, not yeah. just commercial Google workspace, you know, subscribers, but um, Google's really been investing a lot in that yeah. message encryption space for their email client. We are, I solemnly swear we are not making this a conversation about Google messaging clients, all 24 of them, whatever they're <laughs> called today. And yes, RCS should be everywhere. Sorry, Eric. Go. Yeah. No, I was just going to, yeah, I, um, I use Gmail personally, like for my mm -hmm. personal email account and everything is, is it's where I log into. And, um, they've made it really easy to encrypt messages in Gmail. Um, you basically, you start you start a new message and then at the bottom of the message you know on the left hand side you've got like a little blue yep. um oval to send there's a row of icons where you can like change the font and attach things and insert a link and put emojis in or whatever and one of the icons is now a lock with a little um round clock on it basically with a couple of hands on the clock and when you click on that it turns the message it turns on confidential mode in mm. gmail lets you set an expiration for the confidential mode um, and then you can also click that the message requires a passcode. And if you, um, if you do that, it asks to, um, it asks for the phone number of the recipient. You have to give them a cell phone number for the recipient in there. And when it sends to them, it comes, you know, so-and-so sent you an encrypted message. Uh, would you like to view it? You click on the link and it immediately says, you know, we're sending you a text message to the number ending in whatever they send you right. a six digit code you punch it in and then you can see the message and you can reply back from that website and it will go back and forth and you can start an encrypted conversation with someone right from within gmail and that was not something you could do forever so i mean and it's it's like three clicks and you can send a message like that to someone and something i go over with our partners all the time is let someone know so if you're sending them an encrypted message send them a message with no pii in it first or call them on the phone mm -hmm. and say, Hey, I'm sending you an encrypted message. It's going to look yep. different. Yep. I just wanted to make you aware because yep. you'll get a lot of messages pretending to be encrypted. Yes. And then you click on them and it asks you to enter your office 365 credentials, your Gmail credentials, whatever. And then the minute you do that, it sends you to an error page and you go, Oh, that didn't work. And I'll just let them know later. And meanwhile, some bad yeah. actor has captured your username and password and is now using your email account to send spam. Which and that, is and also that, and my that's, PSA setup MFA. Yeah. And that, that, that's one of the big ones, Eric. You're absolutely right. Because if what worse, and that's, that's, that's the mother of all slowdown to speed up moments because it extends just beyond encrypted email. But that's where we're going to focus for a second is if what you're sending is important enough that you're needing to encrypt it in the first place, it's important enough to take five minutes, call the person and say, I'm sending you an encrypted message. Mm -hmm. makes it all just, the difference it, in the world it, and it just is and also learning the judgment piece of what needs to be sent encrypted and yeah. that's that pii piece that personally identifiable information if you are sending something with your social security number with a bank yeah. account with the address to your summer home where you have two hundred and fifty thousand dollar cars parked in the garage all year but you only go there once a year like any of that stuff, if you're sending that stuff, don't send anything clear. Send yep. encrypted messages for anything that could lead back to you. And if you're unsure, encrypt. I mean, that, that, yes. that's advice yeah. I give in meetings Absolutely. all the time. If you are at, if you are even momentarily unsure, do 
we had a partner ask Eric very recently, well, can't we just encrypt all of our emails? Can't we just send and the answer encrypted? is, and the answer yeah. is yes. And yeah. you will have no clients in a week. Um, the, yeah. you know I mean? There's, there is like, you can go too far with anything. Would you be safe? Yes. Would you be very lonely? Yes. Um, cause no one's going <laughs> to read your emails. No one's going to open your emails. But if you're unsure encrypt, um, err on the side of that caution because chances are if you have a if you even have a reason for a moment's pause there's a good reason for it and just slow down send it that way let the person know hey didn't want to risk i've never once had someone get upset with me for trying too hard to protect them I've had yeah. them roll their eyes. I've had them like, oh, I hate those things. But then you know what? They've never, I've never once been like, I don't, just just send it, you know, I don't care. Send it to me unencrypted. Well, no, first of all, like right. I, I won't. I won't place myself at risk, much less you. Um, it's never happened in all the years. It's, there's, you have to separate the obvious, I'm going to call that eye roll moment that we all experience. Cause it's like, it's that one more hurdle, which should have taken me 10 seconds and now going to take me five or 10 minutes sometimes. You know what I mean? But that's just the natural human response. At the end of the day, you're better off. They're better off. Everyone's happier to have been better protected. So it's yeah. just separate those two feelings from each other because it's very, very important. And I did want to circle back real quick because I, I I was unclear about something to do with Outlook because, you know, gmail.com, obviously Google Workspace is very big for a lot of businesses. What Eric's talking about is as specifically about Gmail, literal gmail.com gmail. on the personal yeah. side of things. Outlook.com. Um, I want to be clear, free outlook.com accounts require there are, if you are paying for what's called Microsoft 365 family or Mike, or just an individual 365 personal subscription, email encryption is there and enabled by default for paid outlook.com accounts. Okay. Yeah. So very similar to that, um, Gmail functionality, um, up there in your, you know, send, attach, discard, you know, your, your toolbar up there, there's a literal, they try to make it simple. It says encrypt on it. And there's a drop down for encrypt message, encrypt with do not forward. forward. Like, yep. yep yeah. Those basic, those, the, no, I shouldn't say basic. They're very good, but those, those features and functions are there for paid subscriptions. It is worth it. I, my biggest thing is in the day and day and age we live in today, it is worth it to pay for these services. They're typically a few dollars a month or better off, you know, 40, 50 bucks a year sometimes. And the amount of protection and other bundled services you get most of them are like, here's more storage, here's additional apps. Like there are other, but, but if nothing else, I am here to tell you 60 bucks a year is worth it for encryption alone. If you are, if yeah. you, for what, for the types of things, I'm even setting businesses aside as a, as a private person, that feature and functionality is worth those dollars to you. I promise because we've went about the cost of the cost of identity theft is mm -hmm. massive. Yeah. That's not long and long lasting. Mm -hmm. So, um, these are really, really big things. Um, so yeah, that, that email encryption, use it, Put, putting our business hats back on for a second though. This is just, this is non-optional. If you are unsure, if your company organization, employer, your team, if you're a business owner are using this, go find your IT, your trust IT professional or advisor, ask them. And if they say no, or I'm not sure you do not drop the conversation until the answer is yes, we have it. And here's how to use it. It is a mandatory component of conducting business today because I don't care what you do. If you're, you know, selling parts for tanks or peddling frozen bananas at the beach, the fact of the matter is you are transacting people's money. 
you're transacting their information and you're running a business that affects you as an employer and or your employees. All of those things are important enough for what it costs to have email and message encryption, period, yeah. full stop, end of conversation. Yeah, absolutely. The cost yeah, of is too high not to. Yeah. I think there's the, the problem is there's a lot of people out there that have the mindset of, oh, well, nobody's after my stuff. Right. I don't, yeah. I don't have to worry about encryption. I'm not, yeah. like, I'm not important I? enough. Yeah. Yeah. Who am I? Nobody's going to be stealing my information until they do. Right. And, and then, well, and you're and right. Your bank they don't, is zero and you don't They know don't why. care about you. You are one of a million. Right. You're one of a million targets they're actively attempting to exploit right here, right now. And taking a quick aside over into AI conversation, we haven't even seen the beginning yet because the ability of these yeah. tools to automate and self-propagate and just run themselves at the behest of the awful people running them. I'm not yeah. going to pull any punches. These are bad people. Yeah. yeah, we're we're already Absolutely. most of the way there. I mean, we've got AI that can create on the fly um, answers to realistic, you know, questions. They can yep. they can answer them, and we have the AIs that can generate a human sounding voice and could basically take over those kind of robo calls that they do. So you think it's bad now getting these crazy calls from spammers and stuff like that, where they actually have to staff some IT place in. India somewhere or whatever, where they've got a whole fleet of people in there that are calling, making hundreds and hundreds and thousands of calls a day when they don't have to get people anymore. And they can right. just have a bunch of computers and a bunch of servers that are doing that for them. It's going to increase exponentially. Once well, and Jim from Wichita is actually going to sound like Jim from Wichita. And exactly. He, you know, yep. you know what I mean? Like a lot, we, we talk about this again, even with email fraud all the time in our own security trainings, a lot of the telltales that we would coach people on is look for obvious grammar and formatting errors, you know, look for tonal things that that person would never use or send. All of that is slipping away every single day because the AI models that are available are ingesting Every email you, if they're in your account, they've got it all right. So they're right, training the yeah. model based on how we all have a tone of spoken voice. We just as much have a tone of written voice and they're mm -hmm. training these models with your tone of written voice so that these fake messages looks like a duck, sounds like a duck, walks like a duck. You know what I mean? It, it is yep. very, you have to put, you then have to slow down and say, I don't care if it's exactly how John would write that email. Would John ever email me at 10 a.m. on a Saturday asking me to go buy 10 Amazon gift cards? You know what I mean? Like, there's still the situational mm -hmm. awareness component of it. Well, you know, that was a weird. <laughs> that, that was a weird day. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. it was a good time. No, I, there. We have to accept the responsibility as participants in the connected world. Can more cost of the cost of the connected world we live in because it is full of great, wonderful, amazing people and it is full of bad garbage humans. It, it just, again, I, this is one of those topics where I'm not going to be put, I'm not going to pull punches. There is no, there's no justification for what they do other than these are bad people looking to, looking to do crime. Period. Mm -hmm. uh, that, and that is, this is fundamentally no different than someone who would walk into a bank with a gun is fundamentally no different than someone that would, you know, hold someone up at gunpoint at an ATM. These are criminals that have access to global scale tools to do harm to millions of people and should be treated as such. Yeah. And we need to think about it that way as well when protecting ourselves, protecting our family, our team members, our employees, our clients, what have you. It is a, we're all in it together. It's one of the most democratizing things in the world to think about. This is one of the few moments where I can say with absolute clarity of vision, it's us versus them.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And to think about it, and I, and I say that in meetings all the time, I have to help you as your IT professional to have the tools and train you on how to use them. You have to help me as a good engaged partner to participate in using those tools and using them properly and asking the right questions and listening when we give that advice. And we're all in these things shoulder to shoulder. And then when, you know, when you're on the front lines communicating with your clients and your vendor partners, and they're like, we don't, I can't open that message. Just send it to me normally. Just say no. Mm. Yeah. Don't Give send it in the clear. Yeah. If they're if if they're that concerned about it, print it, put it in a folder, and drive it over there and hand it to them. Or do business with somebody else because yep. if they won't, if they will not be an active participating participant protecting you and the business you're doing together, are they going to be an active participant protecting your clients and your employees and everyone else? The answer is no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So do business with the right people that care about these things because. It, we know it's no longer optional. It is, you know, yeah. it is the it is the cost of participation in the world that we live in is doing these things, being vigilant and doing them correctly. I make mistakes in this space every single day. There's the, the quest for perfection is never over, right? But the still the mindset, the the to slow down and think about, oh, I just did it that way. I should do it this way next time. And then hope you get away with it. I mean, thankfully, and then yeah. also go back and, you know, if you sent something in the clear, call the person, say, Hey, I'm really sorry. I, I, I messed up. I said, you know, do X, Y, Z. Let's, let's mitigate this. And you know, my mistake, I won't do it again next time. You know what I mean? We're going yep. to make mistakes, but the unending desire to be better at this has to be there because I will tell you those bad guys we were talking about, they're on an unending quest to be better at what they do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's yeah, I mean, scarier those videos every day. even, you see them online, like the I reverse hack the person that's trying to hack me or whatever. But it does yep. give you like an idea of like how those people operate and what they're going to what they're gonna say on the phone and how they try to trick people into kind of yep. doing these things. Um, yeah, they, they have whole rooms, you know, all over the yeah. place of people just sitting there trying to call you and, and trick you. So yeah. yeah. And to Eric's yeah. and to Eric's point, they're not going to need a room full of people soon. They're going to need a nope. guy with access to a cloud account. Yep. And you know, it's, it's, it, and they're it, off it, and running. It, yeah. Um, so with that, you know, that was a big, a big piece is for us is email. Cause we see it so much every day, but you know, encryption expend, extends because a lot of people do think about things like email when they hear encryption, they just say, Oh, those are those emails that are a pain in the butt to open. Right. Like that's what yeah. a lot of people on the street think of when they hear or think about encryption. Um, another big one that I wanted to touch on again, it's really a lot of it is focused at the per at the business level, but I'm a big believer of this at the personal level too. And that's, you know, encrypting your data where it sits as well. We call it encrypting at rest. rest. Um, Your devices carry massive, massive amounts of your digital self. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of your devices are doing this already. You don't realize it, which is great and all, but a lot of them aren't. And, you know, I'm going to focus on the window. Not by default. Exactly. So I'm going to focus on, you know, your trusty Windows laptop. Um, And we'll, we'll, we'll keep this on the work side of things for the moment. But please, please know a lot of this extends to your personal world as well. Um, Windows has a feature called BitLocker. Um, it can be enabled now. Once upon a time, it was you know the the realm of quote unquote their enterprise SKUs of products. Now any business class SKU of the Windows operating system has BitLocker encryption built in. Um, it is mandatory. Uh, that's yeah. just and 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 again, there's no perfection. We serve a certain number of partners. I can tell you right now, there are partners that are not employing it yet. 
we're getting yeah. there because yeah. it is mm-hmm. it is no longer a oh you work in this industry we should be encrypting your drives no it should be enabled it should be enabled by default on all of these devices and then managed properly and we're going to touch on that here in a second too the danger of doing this poorly you know uh, you know doing it halfway is going to be a huge inconvenience if not very damaging to you because with great encryption comes great responsibility because if you encrypt something and then lose the ability to decrypt it you've effectively it's, ransomwareed yourself yeah, um, and that's a real it's just yeah. as useless to you as it would have been to the person who stole it yeah so. it is working as intended except that mm-hmm. you are unable to make it not work as intended so uh, eric talk to us a little bit um about uh, bitlocker specifically and drive sure. encryption in general yeah so i mean the, the basic gist of it is if you don't know what it is is let's say you're you know, pulling into your local Walmart, not a sponsor. And, um, <laughs> I wish. you know, you got your, you got your work laptop in the front seat next to you, you know, in the passenger seat and you're, I'm just running in for a minute. So you, you know, you lock your door and you run into, to do your shopping and you come back out and your window's smashed and your laptop's gone. Um, if you do not have encryption on that drive, it's a matter of cracking your password, which as it professionals, we know is exceedingly easy to do on a laptop. To, to get into, to get that, you know, yeah. that password, you know, when it's not encrypted. Or if know. they can't be bothered just to literally remove your hard drive right. and pull, pull your hard drive, hard drive dock yep. and there it exactly. all is. And there, it uh, all is. there are so, countless ways to get to this data when it's not in an encrypted state. Right, exactly. So you, if you've got BitLocker enabled, what it does is it goes through, encrypts all the data on your drive, everything that was existing on there when you turn it on and everything you put on after that. So that same scenario happens. Somebody breaks into your front window, they grab your laptop with all of that information on it. Uh, they pull out the hard drive because, you know, they're not going to take the time to try to crack your password. You know, it's it, it can it can be done, but it needs a professional and all this kind of stuff. So they're going to grab that hard drive out of there. They're going to plug it in. And uh, as soon as they plug it in um, as an external drive to pull data off of there, it's useless to them. It can't. It will not be able to be read. Uh, they need a specific encryption key that's tied to your uh, your computer specifically and your account specifically, all tied together. Uh, and they can't decrypt that information without that. Uh, I mean, maybe, and we'll get to this eventually. Maybe if they had one of those crazy data center newfangled quantum computers they could hack it in a number of years uh but otherwise they would not be able to get in and see your information yeah. which means guys scamming laptops from the walmart parking lot probably yeah. not going to be getting by bit bitlocker encryption anytime no, soon there's no way yeah, yeah. so so it, it's you know it, it's just it's one of those peace of mind things but the the caveat that john was talking about is is a biggie when you encrypt your drive with bitlocker it gives you the most ridiculous decryption key you've ever seen. I believe it's, is it 48 or 64 characters? 64 it's a lot. Characters? It's a lot. It's, it's more this, than five. No, I'm just right, it's this huge, long gobbledygook of letters and numbers, capital letters and, you know, spaces and all this kind of stuff. You have to have that exact encryption key or decryption key if it, if you get locked out because there's times like if you have a hardware change on your computer and you start your computer up um it's gonna go you know give me your bitlocker code or you can't get into this and if you don't have that bitlocker code you're done you can't yeah. get in so my advice is copy and paste that thing and put it in a safe place one drive 
Google Drive, Drive yep. those kind of places, they, they're encrypted and they're, they require, and please, for the love of God, set it up. I'll say it a million times, set up multi-factor authentication for your Gmail account, yep. for your Microsoft OneDrive account in your regular Microsoft account, set it up for all of them. You have to have, that's mandatory. You have and, to have and, and, and a quick, quick, you know, like top tip aside, um, virtually any of these, you know, cloud-based file storage solutions, OneDrive, Google Drive, any of those will let you set up a file vault as well within yes. them. That is, so if you think about going back to Eric's onion point about layers of security, you need your password to get in. You then need multi-factor to get in. And then there can be a file vault set up with yet another password and multi like several yep. layers of check to get through. That is where you should be keeping information like your BitLocker key. Right. Um, because obviously that key, the, the the point of that key is pointless if they manage to get into your account to compromise yep. your session, steal yeah. your cookie, whatever be the case. So it's that's really... But let's assume all those things are in check. Let's just assume for a second, and you should never assume this, but let's, for the purposes of the argument, let's assume you have ready access to your key and it's been protected the right way. Because a lot of these, you know, I'm going to give Microsoft some kudos. They've integrated this really well. You can also, you know, make it so that it, it's tied to your account. So as long as you can authenticate with your account, it will, you know, re-enable that BitLocker key as well. Um, the level of protection that provides from device that, again, all businesses, all industries should be doing this because you are a steward of someone else's information. That's all the reason you should need. But an aside that I also would be remiss for not making is there are also regulated industries where the cost of not doing this is your business because I'm just there. And there are several such industries, but I'm going to pick on one of the obvious ones as the example. The fines from HIPAA for losing medical records. And there is an exit, there's a real example that I was, you know, extended I was not a partner of ours or mine by any stretch but a vendor partner of ours did serve this this partner um or this client of theirs um had a laptop so Eric's exact example said it was out of their office literally it was a either a, I don't know if someone didn't lock the front door maybe someone broke I don't know all this overnight someone broke into their office stole a laptop and it was gone all it took was their inability to prove that they could, they didn't have to prove that the bad guys ever got into. For all we know, they wiped that laptop and sold it on eBay for a hundred dollars. Right, right. But because they could not prove that they didn't or couldn't access the medical records stored on that laptop, every single record was a fine. The totality of this added up to a number that the practice in question no longer exists. They went. It was a. We talk about these on the show. It was a business-ending event. That's crazy. And for all of you that think, and for all of you that think that your $5,000 a year cyber liability insurance policy is what's going to save you here. They had that insurance. It wasn't covered because of negligence, right? Almost every single one of those policies. If the result of that was they, again, without getting too far in the weeds, they answered an audit questionnaire that said, do you encrypt all of your data in transit and at rest? And they checked the box that said, why? Yes, we do. Well, guess what, guys? You just attested that you were doing something that was verifiably not true. No claim. Yep. And they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're all out of that. They are out of business. That practice no longer exists. And this is true in the legal space, the accounting space, investment advisors, wealth. I mean, there are so many regulated industries anymore. Obviously, the, 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 the many tiers of government you know, uh, service. HIPAA is just, like I said, one of the older and easier examples. But these regulations exist, and they're not 
it's not just a stick. They will come beat you with it and put you out yeah. of business. Yeah, the um, minute be- you need to use, the minute you need yeah. to claim something, if you've answered anything incorrectly, you're done. Yeah, yep. and that's and that's a, a good thing to stop and touch on too, real quick. Yeah, and we're not going to get into the weeds on this because it's too. It's a it's, it's a it's series big. of episodes by itself. Yeah, but um, these industries are sending these questionnaires for you know the insurance industry is sending them. Answer them honestly, one hundred percent honestly. Yep. If you if you don't do something, do not say that you do because it is so yep. much worse yeah. to be caught in a lie. Pay a little more for your policy to be covered and answer honestly. And one of the other things that they're asking and requiring of people are more signed policies that they mm-hmm. require your business to have on file. Um, a BYOD policy, bring your own device policy, right. an acceptable use policy is another big one, and, and an infosec policy. Yep. The infosec policy is a biggie. It's a big yeah. document. It has a lot of stuff in it. Work with your IT professional and your lawyer and everybody. Your and, trusted advisors. Yep. Yes, and answer it honestly and do not include anything in that document that you sign that you do not actually do 100%. Because the minute you start answering that incorrectly is the minute that you're just, it's it's all over. Because yep. you're not going to be covered or you get a HIPAA audit or you get something else and they're going to come in and they're going to look at that document. They're going to try to verify it and it doesn't work, then you're done. You're, you're going to get a fine for that. So answer it honestly. And if you can show that you're working on some of those things, answer it honestly. No, we do not. In the addendum column, we are currently working on implementing this. You know, So when they come and they audit you and they go, are you working on this? You better be. And you show yeah, them that yeah. you are. And, yep. you know, and then, and that actually you get points for that. They yep. don't, they don't, you know, slap you when you're like, I'm trying to be better and we can verifiably show you that yeah. we are working on increasing our security. They're going to give you points for that. Yeah. So just, they'll slap you for telling a lie. Exactly. <laughs> you do not want to get caught lying, falsifying, or stretching the truth or embellishing. These are not documents. These are not policies to embellish on. Don't make you try to make yourself sound better. You need to make yourself sound exactly like what you're doing. Otherwise, you're going to be in trouble. So yep. that's that's my little. Even though it's like 300 questions, take the, oh take the time God. to go through it. Yeah, don't get bored and start answering that like you know you yeah. did in school when you're filling out the bubbles and draw shapes in the bubbles for your test. That's Christmas not how this tree. works. Yeah, make sure um, you answer it right. And and last quick one when we talk about like you know the actual encryption of data itself, so like on yeah. drives. Um, this and uh, this this extends like portable drives as well. Your USB hard drive, your flash drive, all of these things can be encrypted. Can, you know, if you're on Windows, it can be BitLockered. If you're on Mac OS, there's excuse me, plenty of options to get to go that route. A quick thing about, you know, what Eric mentioned about you have to turn these things on. Windows, most times you have to turn BitLocker on. On a Mac, what's called File Vault should be on by default, but it is right in settings under the security section. Look for something called File Vault. Turn it on. The days where it was a noticeable performance hit are long behind us yeah. between solid state drives and modern processing and all the, the, the horsepower on these devices, there is no reason, no acceptable reason not to have these features turned on at all times on all devices. So um, the last one I want to touch on, you know, cause yeah, we could, we could talk about encryption for a year cause it's that important. Um, yeah. And I should say what we're not going to talk about today, at least not, not today specifically is what encryption means two places you visit on the web. The one quick aside I'll make, I didn't even intend to go here, but I just realized we really would be remiss not for mentioning is when you were just on the web in general, 
please, please, please pay attention. Regardless of what browser you're using, pay attention to the address bar when you're going to these websites. Look for it to, if it says not secure, if it says HTTP, this is way in the weeds, and doesn't say HTTPS, <laughs> if the S means secure, um, get, go away. Like just just yep. don't, don't do it. Especially if you're entering any kind of information. If you're, if you're entering any information, if you're looking at the local barbecue joint to find out what their hours are, it is what it is. But if it is a website, and I do mean at this point, if the barbecue joint is asking you to sign up for their newsletter and it says not secure, do not sign up for their newsletter because you're still handing over your information in a, in, a, in a not secure form. But obviously the much higher stakes environments, banking, e-commerce, anything that involves the transaction of information or dollars, yep. do not engage with a site that is not SSL encrypted and secure. And the browsers are getting better and better about making it very obvious. You know, when you click mm -hmm. on a link and it comes up with that very scary page that says this night is this site is not secure. Do you want to proceed? No. Yeah. The answer nope. is no. <laughs> yeah, do not pass no. <laughs> go. Do not give them your $200. I, seriously, just, just stop it. So. Where I was actually going with this, though, the last one I did want to make sure we touched on today, because this is really about the, the encryption of communication, and yeah. that is the messaging services outside of email that we mm -hmm. use every day. I mean, the Teams and Slacks of the world, iMessage, one of Google's 4,000 messaging <laughs> services. WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Facebook Messenger. SMS text. That's an yep. easy one. Never encrypted. We're done. Nope. We'll never be. Nope. I, yeah. I, I, and I don't, don't email it. Not, I don't just mean green bubbles. I get it. You can have encrypted messages in green bubbles. Anymore. It's fine. RCS is coming. But if it is true SMS text, yep. not encrypted, period, end of conversation, I could stand, I could park in front of your house and intercept those messages and read them to their entirety, totally unencrypted. Might be um, able to call the service themselves for them. <laughs> depending on the yeah, it's, who you get yeah oh don't don't get me started on that that's a whole other layer of security that really we, yeah, the, for sure, we yeah. the human have to solve i know i socially engineered one of our own vendor partners recently because we couldn't get the information that the partner of course had lost some information and i'm like what well, i'm just going to call and see how far i can get i literally got it anyway all the way yeah just it's it's far too common because we the human fail far more frequently than the technology but i digress um mm -hmm messaging services well first of all you should just not you should never implicitly trust any of them again the assumption should always be this could be compromised this could be intercepted this could be stolen but messages that are at least encrypted by default iMessage we're going to circle back on that one in a second very very encrypted um signals a big one um mm -hmm. WhatsApp offers end to end encryption now Facebook Messenger I believe is even adding uh, end to end encryption um a lot of these services but look into when you think about how you communicate with people Think about the types of conversations you're having and if you would want anyone other than that person to read the messages. And that could be everything from a hacker in his mom's basement to world governments. Who do you want reading your personal communications? And encryption is a very, very big component of that. So do the research, look into it, you know, and, and it's not just, don't just go to someone's web. Don't go to the website of the person who makes the product and says, well, they said they have secure encryption. It must be okay to send, you know, my banking information to my mom over this. Mm -hmm. Take the 10 minutes. There are many companies that make false claims about having encryption at all, or the 
level of their encryption, you know, sure they might be encrypting with something you could crack with a TI calculator. You know what I mean? Right. So look, go to the community at large. There are many, many folks out there that will happily call people on their bluff and say, Hey, so-and-so says their encryption. Here's all the ways that it's been using, you know, completely compromised encryption standards from 20 years ago that do basically right. nothing. It's a, it's a virtual sticker they're putting on the side of the box. Um, the internet, yeah, the internet community for, for, for what it's worth on many other fronts, the internet community is very, very good about, you know, looking out for each other on that front. So just get, do some research, go to reputable sources, um, see what types of protection and encryption these services are using. But ones that I know are very, very good. Um, iMessage and Signal are two big ones. Like I said, WhatsApp, yeah. very, very popular. Um, even on the messaging side of things, if you're using Slack, seriously, yep. Go pay for the paid version of Slack yep. because the, yep. the free version of Slack is not meeting the vast majority of compliance standards you think it probably is. Yep. Going back to things that are worth paying for, I promise you, no matter how pedestrian you think the chat going on, the chatter going on in your office is, it's worth protecting. Yeah, the minute somebody Go copies spend the and dollars. pastes a password in there between each other is yep. the, the time that you wish you'd been paying for the encryption. So, I mean, these are all big. And then, um, you know, this is where we're going to pivot, you know, just for a few minutes. Um, it's because it's been in the news recently. This is where we get in more of like a what's next for encryption kind of conversation. Um, Eric touched on quantum computing earlier. It's the reality that's coming. Just like AI is the reality we're living today and is growing around mm -hmm. us. Quantum computing is the next frontier of what we're going to be living and experiencing around us. And one of the things about quantum computing is it is going to, when I talk about, you know, encryption standards not being good enough, it's going to destroy the, it's going to destroy destroy many of the encryption standards that we know and use today. And that, that's not meant to be Terminator doom and gloom, but we, it's like the AI conversation. We, we were, we're already late having the conversations about AI for the love of God. Let's at least start having the quantum conversations now and get out ahead of what this means. The things that we accept as safe today will not be safe when that is a day-to-day -day reality. That's not necessarily world-ending if we treat it correctly. And some examples of that very, very recently are both Signal and iMessage are touting the, the some of the first deployments of what they're each calling post-quantum encryption. Simply mean these are encryption standards that are designed to be able to stand up to the decrypting, the 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 hijack level decryption of these messages. Because if they're encrypted today with a certain standard, quantum computing will be able to brute force decrypt those messages on many, many of the generally used standards today. The idea behind a post-quantum encryption is they'll be encrypted in such a way that even those quantum computers would not be out of the box able to break or get through those things. As we always do, I want to apply a certain amount of scrutiny to that. I call it... I, I'm not saying for a second there are not very, very smart computer scientists involved in this that are doing their maths and are fact-checking these things. But the fact of the matter is commercially viable and accessible quantum computers don't exist yet. Right. Yeah. So I struggle with calling something post-quantum or quantum safe. To, where's the test? What quantum yeah. computer did you test that? I mean, show, show, just show your work. And if there's no, if there's no quantum computer running in the data center down the hall for you to test that against, approach it with a certain amount of scrutiny. I'm sure it's still safer than not trying at all, but also right. don't, don't, don't just accept, oh, well, you know, this company says they have post quantum security. So TM. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. TM. So I'm good for the, I'm good for the post quantum frontier. 
Do not accept these things at face value again. Just like do the research, advise with a with you know with a professional, especially a specialist in that area, because that's, I, I'm not qualified. I don't know enough about this computer science to say one way or other what is or is not post. I'm I couldn't, I'm vigilantly working on educating myself, but yeah. I don't know because not many people do because there's I can count on my fingers and toes the number of people that are qualified to con to right. actually verifiably yeah. there are many people that say they do uh that actually can speak with any degree of certainty on the topic yeah it's, it seems like there's it's going to be you know the bad actors with their ai trying to crack yep. you know normal people trying you know with that ai trying to make it even better it's just gonna be like a battle of the it's the, an arms race ai yeah, computers is. you know it really it's is. A, it, it is the it is the one of the inescapable truths of humanity it is an arms race it is the good guys developing these technologies for all the yeah. good they can do for the world, like medical research and like all, all these very complex things that these powerful tools can be used to help solve. And on the other end of that argument are the people that want to leverage and use these tools to do harm and perpetrate crime and theft and everything else. And also just do bad things. Cause one of the other inescapable truths of, you know, their human nature is not always a good thing. And that's yeah, just, that, 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 that's, that's part of the human condition. And it is on, you know, and it's not, you know, we have to protect our, we have to take ownership of protecting ourselves, take the right steps to bring it full circle. As we say, um, when you're sending out your, you know, when you're sending your financials to your CPA for taxes this year, encrypt it. Yeah. Seriously. First of all, your CPA should be providing you a vehicle to provide it to yeah. them encrypted. If they didn't <laughs> question your CPA partner. But then also take responsibility for protecting yourself. It's not an acceptable argument. Oh, well, they didn't provide me a secure file sharing solution, so that's not my problem. I'm just going to email it in the clear. Absolutely not. Go find a way to send it securely, and mm. next year go find a new CPA or make that, an appointment that, and go to their office and go to their yeah one one of the, um, if you're a business you know same thing providing information to your team members or your clients or your vendor partners you know we have to accept the responsibility for protecting ourselves and protecting those we serve. And if everyone is doing that on both sides of the conversation, we're all going to be better for it. Yep. So that's my biggest takeaway from all of it. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a good takeaway. I mean, let's wrap it up and just say, double check everything, you know, double check the messages coming in, make sure they're coming from who they say they are. If you're sending any PII personally identifiable information, any of it, make sure you're sending it encrypted. That's just, that's it. If you take away one thing, do that. Love it. It's well, only an extra click or two. It's not yep, too bad. Exactly. It's only an extra click, click or two. And yes, they want their $2. And for the love of God, this is one of those situations where our, our top tip of the week, give them their $2. Your mm-hmm. security is worth more than that. Yep. Because the cost of is, I think about that med- about that medical practice, the cost of is potentially losing everything. Yeah. Their life's work was, you know, they're not, they're, or, all, they're all gainfully employed somewhere else, but their life's work is gone. Yeah. Or if you're not a business and you're just, I, I've had this happen to me before. I remember I was standing in a guitar center waiting to check out and they denied my card and I went and looked and my bank account had been drained Yep. because somebody got a hold of personally identifiable information. It was, it was likely, you know, a gas pump, you know, right. that did it. Card was the skimmed. Same con- it's the same, it's the same concept. Your emails yeah. can be skimmed as well. Just like Absolutely. Your, can, your card can be skimmed at a gas pump. So, you know, just like you should be checking at the gas pump, make sure that sticker's on there tug on the thing i literally do every in. time every i tug on it every time. time to make sure it's not mm-hmm. loose and and i don't put my card in if it is or if that sticker's not there i don't put it in same thing encrypt your messages that's your layer of protection that you can do on your email so your emails and your pii doesn't get skimmed 
All right. Well, on that multi-layered bombshell, yes, I think it. that's where we're going to start to wrap it up this week. Anything you guys have before we get out of here? No, I think I preached enough today. Yeah, yeah. Just protect yourself. <laughs> that, that, that's it. You know, accept accept the responsibility for protecting yourself, and know that you're not going to have all the answers. Go find someone you can trust to provide you those answers. Partner together, and um, you know, everyone work together to be safer out there. Yeah, you do have info that they want. You yes, know, don't, that, don't that's it. Yourself. <laughs> there you go, Cody. That that's real. That's the bombshell. You. You are a target. We all are a target. And if we think of ourselves as targets, we will do a better job of protecting ourselves. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, on that, I'm going to go check every hard drive in my house and make sure that encryption is turned <laughs> on and up to date. I'm going to uh, test it later. There you yeah. go. Oh, gosh. Oh, well, <laughs> Look out for the rubber ducky later. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, we're going to wrap it up and catch you next time. Later. later. <laughs>